It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right it. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccine vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a really good one in store for this particular Tuesday edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Uh, in the third half of our three-hour tour, um, Mark Victor Hansen of uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul and One Minute Millionaire and his wife and co-author Crystal Dwyer Hansen will join me to talk about their new book, Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. Uh, but before that, we're going to talk about uh, AI and, and tech stuff. We have, uh, in the second hour, the author of a new tech thriller called Catch-42, um, which uh, looks at uses for AI, biotech, quantum computing, and ro- uh, robotics all within a suspense-filled story packed with unexpected twists. Felix Holzapfel, I think is how you pronounce his name, but he can teach me how when he phones in during the 10 o'clock hour. And uh, we start off with uh, cybersecurity expert George Finney, who has uh, written a book called Well Aware, Master the Nine Cybersecurity Habits to Protect Your Future. And we'll talk about the different kinds of hacks and uh, cyber attacks, including uh, the recent 
ransomware attacks and a lot more should be uh, should be very interesting so I hope you'll uh, stay tuned for that and for the for the whole show it's 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 all going to be pretty interesting today talking about cybersecurity and cyber thrillers and uh, and moving your dreams to your destiny destiny in the book ask um, and then coming up tomorrow uh, we're going to talk with uh, an expert on uh, China followed by armchair politics and uh, a former uh, White House staffer and, and uh, high-ranking official in two uh, presidential administrations Mark Everson joins our roundtable regulars for armchair politics stay tuned <music> Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is Chief Information Security Officer at uh, Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas. He is also the CEO and founder of Well Aware Security and author of the new book, Well Aware, Master the Nine Cybersecurity Habits to Protect Your Future. His name is George Finney. He joins me by phone. Hi, George. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. Um, George, I, uh, we've all been hearing about various, uh, cyber crimes recently from cyber hacking of elections to ransomware on, uh, places like the Colonial Pipeline and the big mess that we saw there. What are the different types of, of cyber crimes that that people might be vulnerable to? You know, I, I think ransomware has definitely been the big thing in the news recently, and I, and I think it's really scary uh, for folks that that you know are, are are worried about that. But right, there there are lots of other uh, things out there like uh, identity theft. Um, you know, it seems kind of run of the mill these days. Uh, you know, there there are is software called cryptojacking that actually. Uh, it, it's, it doesn't uh, uh, lock your computer like ransomware, but it'll actually use your computer to uh, to mine Bitcoin. Um, you know, there's still you know uh, everyday uh, ordinary ransomware uh, or malware. Um, yeah, so so I, you know, I think there's a lot to uh, uh, to be watchful for out there. Um, you know, even just you know, uh, regular email scams that try and get you to uh, to click and buy gift cards uh, or. Uh, uh, you know, give up your social security number. Lots of things to watch out for. Or, or the uh, uh, is is the uh, Nigerian prince still out there trying to get home or whatever he was trying to do? You know, ironically, uh, uh, you know, it, the Nigerians are actually uh, really still kind of active in terms of uh, social engineering and, and and trying to get people to click on. Uh, on, on lots of different kinds of links, and uh, you know, as it turns out, uh, you know, you, you can't just watch for for bad grammar anymore. Uh, th- th- there are some fairly sophisticated, uh, you know, uh, uh, scams going around. That uh, you know, it, it's it's hard almost to, to keep up with all the new scams. Well, the ones there there have been a couple that got me over the years. The ones pretending to update your. Um, firewall or or uh, uh that that say that they're norton or mcafee and you need an update or or something to to make sure you're up to date with your 
computer security. I got suckered by that a couple of times and didn't realize that the logos weren't quite right or something in the copy wasn't quite right. Um, but those are the ones that everyday people run into. Why aren't the big companies... Um, Let's just take Colonial Pipeline, for example. Why isn't all their stuff backed up and they just, you know, download their old information with new access codes and and call the bluff of the, the people trying to get ransomware? You know, I, I think that's a great question. And I, I think that's that's one that we should, should be asking of the companies we do business with is, uh, you know, to, to hold them accountable, uh, to have great security practices. I, I, I think the consensus uh, with Colonial Pipeline in, in the security community was that um, they just weren't following the, the best practices that, that we all recommend, like doing backups or like having two-factor authentication. Um, and those things really can go a, a long way to, to defeating uh, the, the scams that are out there. And I, I, I think the message that, uh, that that folks haven't heard when it comes to Ransomware in particular is is that it's preventable, um, right? You you can you you can have a backup, um, and you know there there are some types of ransomware out there that uh, that that will also encrypt your backups. But you know just patching you know every day, you know knowing um, you know that you have to uh, to kind of stay ahead of, of, of the bad guys. You know when when you see those patches uh, uh, that are calling to be installed, um, you you've got to deploy them. Also, you know, I, I think uh, you know, lots of folks, you know, might have antivirus on their computers that that's old, that's not updated. Um, there is new antivirus out there. Um, you know, old antivirus. You know, kind of. You know, if, if you think of like fingerprints and like you know, uh, you know, you know, catching bad guys with, with just a fingerprint. That's essentially what what antivirus is doing. Um, old antivirus, modern antivirus is a lot more like facial recognition, um, where it, it's actually actively. Uh, helping you figure out how uh, a, a, a bit of malware is interacting with your operating system, and it and it, and it you know, is kind of profiling it, and more like facial recognition, which just gets you that much further ahead of the curve. What about operating system? Is is Linux still not as often attacked as Microsoft and, and um, Windows and, and other operating systems? So you know, I I, I would say I, I think it's attacked just as often. Um, you know, uh, hackers are smart, um, and and they figured out you know, w w you know the, the 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 operating systems that folks use the most are probably the ones that they're going to target the most. Uh, but uh, you know, the, things like you know Google's Android phones, which which runs on open source software, um, are, are very highly targeted, right? And and, and knowing that you're a, a bigger target. Um, you know, I, I think lots of folks, you know, for, for years thought Apple uh, was more secure. And, and I think that's true. A lot of folks actually in the security community use Apple products uh, because of that. Um, but I think there's a false sense of security there sometimes, right? I, I know a lot of folks um, say they don't run antivirus on their Macintosh computers uh, because, you know, they, they, they think they don't have to. And, and actually, there are a lot of of, of uh, bits of malware that, that are specifically targeting Apple products these days. Well, I know with, with Windows, for example, sometimes it's kind of clunky the way you have to do updates. And and with Linux, every couple of days there's a little, little uh, 
uh, I don't know, red light or something, you know, on an icon in the corner of my screen that means it's time to upload some files or uh, update some files. And I, I click on that every couple of days and it stays up to date. And I, I really don't have problems with, you know, with, with being hacked or, or uh, with malware especially. Well, and, and I, I think you're, what you're getting at is, is, is one of the reasons that I wrote my book, uh, Well Aware, was that, um, you know, I, I think if you can have healthy cybersecurity habits, um, you, that can go a long way um, to, to helping you prevent them, no matter what operating system you use. So, so long as, you know, you're, you're doing those best practices, like, you know, in, you know uh, installing those software updates when you... Uh, uh, when you see the alert, or even if you, if you even if you just you know lock your computer before you walk away from your desk, again, the, the, those kinds of small habits really do translate into success. And I think we need to do more in the security community uh, to 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 give those examples out and and to to lift the, the folks up that that are doing those things as as exemplars for our community rather than just beat up the the, the folks that that didn't do those things and, and kind of victim shame them <laughs> right well george um when you say you know lock your computer when you leave um does that simply mean close all your your programs facebook and email and all the different windows you might have open um or should you really just shut completely down? Um, so, you know, I, I think the answer depends on the sensitivity of the applications you're working on or what you're doing. Um, so, you know, if it's a home computer, um, you know, very different answer um, to, to the question, you know, versus a work computer where you're working, you know, on a nuclear reactor. Well, um, yeah, so, but, the, know, but it's getting a little bit more complicated with people working from home now. That, and that's very true. Yeah. So, so you know, I, what, what what I say is, you know, just just you know, locking the computer. You don't necessarily have to shut all of the applications down. Um, you know, that that really makes a difference, right? So, if if there are people, you know, sharing your workspace, like at home, uh, or if you're in the office and maybe you know uh, someone from the custodial staff might have access to your computer while you're not there, um, you know, just locking it really does make a difference. You don't necessarily have to shut all of the apps down. Um, but you know there are you know you'll get reminders occasionally in a web browser. Um, you know we, we we want you to close your browser for security so that um, you know some of those session uh, you know uh, information or, or your cookies can get uh, erased after you shut it down so that you know your your session can't get hijacked by a a, a man in the middle style attack for example. Um, so you know I, and I think. You know, we, we focus sometimes on, on there's there's so many things you, you need to do in security. It's kind of like your golf swing, right? You know, if, if you kind of listen to every, every little bit of advice, like all of a sudden your swing gets worse, right? Um, so, you know, I, I, I think making those things a habit, um, you know, thinking about them, uh, you know, more holistically, you know, and, and just focusing on one thing at a time, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll start to change your identity, right? We, we need to have folks out there that, that have, you know, th their core value is, is, is security. And I think that's how we can get better uh, at, at changing our overall uh, approach when it comes to security. More with cybersecurity expert George Finney straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with cybersecurity expert George Finney straight ahead. I'm a long way from best practices, but I, <laughs> but, but I do have a routine that, that has kept me relatively safe. I'm, you know, I have a studio computer at home. I shut that down at the end of the work day. You know, I've I've closed all the applications and literally shut the computer down. And with my personal laptop, it uh, it it times out and locks. You know, it's not even something I yeah, do. Yeah. You know, it's not something I have to be very intentional about. I close Facebook. I close my email, you know, windows, and you know, close everything down, and I walk away. And if I come back fifteen minutes later, I need a password to to get on and open anything. It, you know exactly, and and I think you know just just building those habits over time. Everybody has um, their strengths when it comes to security, right? You know, so, some of us may feel like, oh, we're gullible. Um, and, and certainly, you know, maybe we're, we're, we're able to be tricked by a phishing more easily, but nobody's perfect. And, and, and I think instead focusing on your strengths, maybe your strength is actually more um, in, in protecting sensitive information, right? You know, you're, you're more like a lawyer that, uh, you know, you know the, the, the information goes in and it, it's stored in a safe and it never leaves, right? So, you know, I, I think we all have a, a role to play and we all have our own strengths, uh, which is why I built... Uh, kind of a cybersecurity personality test that, that I have on my website where, you know, you can go and find those those, those different strengths that you have. Um, and, and, you know, similar to Myers-Briggs, right, you, you, you can focus instead on, on, on building yourself up and uh, around those strengths and, and find the, the, the quick wins that are going to make the most sense for you and the way you live your life versus, you know, someone else. I, I think that's one of the challenges is, you know, there's no one-size-fits-all uh, approach to security. It really has to be custom-tailored uh, to, 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 to your role. And for a lot of people, you know, a lot of us, you know, approach technology and, and the Internet in particular the same way we do our cars. I can't fix a car, but I can sort of drive it around. <laughs> um and and we're kind of the same way about our technology. I you know there's there's a lot of cool stuff I can do, you know, on the studio computer and with my you know audio software and editing and there's there's all this slick stuff I can do. But when it comes to defending myself against an attack, I really don't have much going on there. And part of the problem is is I don't think the enemy is is clearly enough identified to most of us i i I think that's very true you know there have been a number of great uh books uh, about cybersecurity that that i think have hit the new york times bestseller list in the last couple of years um you know the the the, you know the the most recent one um this is how they they tell me the the world ends um which is kind of a doom and gloom uh you know title uh but but i mean there, there really are a lot of different varied actors out there whether it's you know, organized cyber criminals, whether it's nation-state actors, uh, hacktivists, right? They're, they're all after uh, something different. And, you know, I, I think we need a way to protect ourselves and protect one another that doesn't require all of us to be, you know, have degrees in computer science. Um, and, you know, of course, I work at a university, and, and we do offer some degrees in cybersecurity. But, I, you know, I, I think it really needs to be something that, that everyone uh, can 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 do easily and and you know frankly we ought to be teaching cybersecurity in business schools 
right? You know, I, I think as business leaders, you know, start to be held accountable as, uh, you know, as, as some CEOs have been let go uh, over cyber, um, it, you know, it really ought, you know, ought to be something that, that business schools kind of jump on and, and take the, the, the lead on to help uh, drive that change in our business communities. Well, one of the things that, as somebody who watches and tracks news reports, is that we get the impression that Russia, China, North Korea, uh, maybe Iran, India, and some places in the Middle East, that that they're out to attack us in the in the cyber world, and that we don't really have any defense for that, and that we're not attacking back. We keep, you know, hearing government officials and business leaders saying, well, we don't protect ourselves very well. And then we see stories come up like the New York City subway system or the the ferry and uh, at Martha's Vineyard and the Colonial Pipeline. And we think, wow, we're really not equipped. How is the White House doing with regard to responding to nation-state hacking? Well, you know, I, I think it's a challenge because, you know, small businesses, you know, or, or, or large businesses are, are, are really on the front lines of, of, of you know, what, what a lot of people are calling a cyber war. Um, and, you know, I mean, you, you can call it a cyber war. Or you can, you know, focus on the, the, the cyber crime aspects of it. Um, but it, it, it's, it's a huge challenge. So, you know, the Biden administration um, just released um, uh, their uh, uh, executive order on improving the nation's cybersecurity, and and there are some things in there it, that that uh, I mean it'll it'll clearly take time to implement some of the recommendations in that executive order, um, and and you know I, I think by and large those are all great things, but you know again it, the the way our democracy works, you know we we don't see the government stepping in to provide defense, uh, uh, so they, they certainly have you know offensive capabilities. Um, but those, those are going to be always be kind of after the fact. And, and you know, there, there was one case where, um, you know, the FBI um, started to, uh, they, they didn't actually fully patch, but there was a Microsoft Exchange uh, mail server vulnerability that came out this year. And, and, you know, the FBI did have some ability to go in and proactively kind of plug some of the holes that that uh, vulnerability uh, had because, frankly, a lot of folks uh, didn't know about it and, and weren't patching. Uh, but I think, you know, upwards of 100,000 companies, um, you know, could have potentially had their, their mail servers compromised as a result of that just this year. And I guess what's confusing is, you know, I always joke whenever I have any kind of a computer glitch, I always blame it on the Russians. But the <laughs> the truth is there are different actors going after different victim sets that that's exactly right so just just like with any other you know criminal right you know, you, you have the the mo right the, bank the, robbers the rob banks exactly and 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 they get good at it they, they know how to you know case a, a bank uh they, they they know what to say what to ask for where to go when to go all of those unique kind of attributes um are, are also carry over to cybercrime right so there are some cyber criminal groups that only target uh, shopping carts, um, and, and they know how to exploit a particular vulnerability, um, and, and they try and scale uh, their, their cybercrime based on, on the companies or the vulnerabilities that, that they've 
uh, targeted. So they might target one, uh, you know, particular shopping cart uh, or type of shopping cart and and look for all of the, 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 the companies out there in the world using that to, to target as potential victims. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, there, there are lots of different types of examples of that. But, you know, in terms of the scale of, of cybercrime, uh, you know, they could really potentially, you know, exponentially go after way more companies than they would have been able to, uh, you know, if, if, you know, we didn't have the Internet and we were just trying to, like, you know, do, do fraud or scam companies out of uh, invoices payments or, or, or what have you, for example. Right. The, the, that's one of the things that I think uh, have made, especially uh, older people who are a lot more vulnerable, um, slow to, uh, to adapt to online com- commerce. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. We, you know, I mean, I, I always recommend, you know, you know, just doing business with, with reputable companies, right? So focus on companies you, you, you've used for, for years. Uh, and I, you know, hopefully those companies have good processes in place. Uh, we should be asking if, if companies aren't using two-factor authentication, for example, uh, you know, we should be asking why or, or, or looking at different uh, options for that. Um, but especially, you know, as a public service to, uh, to, to, to older folks out there, um, you know, Apple, you know, Google, Microsoft, um, if you're getting a call that purports to be from one of those uh, companies, they're not calling you proactively to tell you your computer is, is, is hacked. Um, that's, that's a total scam. Same with the FBI or, 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 you know, other generic government scams, right? They, you know, the FBI is not calling you well, so to tell security. you there's a warrant for your address. Exactly. I mean, and, and there are scams that run, you know, at particular times of the year, right? So you see more IRS scams, uh, you know, during the, 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 the spring when, when tax season is, is in full swing. Um, and also, you know, the, the, I mean, the hackers have, have very much targeted COVID. Um, so, you know, lots of different scams because people are scared. Um, there's not maybe enough information out there. Uh, you know, folks are, 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 you know, really highly targeting that because of the, the, the fear that, that's around that. I think that, that fear makes us more vulnerable. And, and I think that this time we've spent over the last 15 months closed up in our homes and, you know, doing Zoom meetings, working from home, grandparents talking to their grandkids on, you know, Skype and, and other platforms. Um, I, I think more people have been accessible. Has mm. has that um, has has uh, uh, cyber crime exploded during this last year and a half? It, it really has. I mean, we, we've we, you know there were early reports last summer that uh, you know phishing went up by I, I think six hundred percent. I mean, you know, and normally cybercrime yeah, goes up every bump. year by, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, we're used to seeing cybercrime go up by, you know, t- you know, you know, 20 or 30 percent a year. So, you know, I, I think, you know, cybercriminals really saw an opportunity to, to strike while the iron was hot. Um, and, you know, they, they've ramped up their, their times when they think that we're most vulnerable. And I think, you know, whether it's the solar winds incident or some of the, uh, the, the, the Microsoft zero days that have come out this year, uh, you know, it, it really seems like, you know, I mean, I, I hate to be the kind of security guy that, 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 that says the sky is falling, and I've avoided that for most of my career, but oh, oh my gosh, I re- it really feels like the last six months uh, have, have, have been unprecedented in terms of uh, the attacks that, that, that we've seen. 
But all the more reason then for a book like yours, which again, my guest is uh, George Finney, a uh, uh, cybersecurity expert and author of Well Aware, Master the Nine uh, Cybersecurity Habits to Protect Your Future. You know, when I look at the number nine, that scares me a little bit, George, because I can only think of two or three. <laughs> um, what are some of the the habits? I mean, is it is it the usual suspects uh, frequently change your um, uh, passwords and and uh, you know keep your security software updated? Yeah, so you know, I I, I wrote the, the 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 book about nine habits, you know, because I was very much inspired by how you know folks like Stephen Covey um, and his you know books, the Seven Habits, they they really tried to model um, you know their 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 you know their advice by giving examples from from the real world, um, and 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 using you know I I I definitely did a lot of research into psychology and neuroscience for the book, so it's not it's not a technical book. Um, but it is really focused on how to change your behaviors, um, and 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 really, when it comes to computers and technology, we we get hung up on you know, oh, I, I need to know you know about this new thing that you know that you know, mobile you know encryption or two-factor authentication you know, and 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 I think we forget that it's really about the people. The people are the ones that that use the technology, that create it, that configure it. People are the ones that follow our processes. Uh, or, or, or don't, um, and to make you know real change possible, we've got to change our behaviors. Um, and you know, I think we're we're still catching up in terms of you know how we interact with technology, um, because you know we're we're used to just you know interacting with other human beings in real life. So I, I've tried to, to to look at habits. Um, so you know, I, I think you know you wouldn't necessarily be surprised by uh, some of the habits that, that you see in there. So. Um, you know, habits like, you know, literacy or skepticism or, or vigilance, secrecy, um, th- those are all, you know, uh, you know, things you would expect. Um, but there are other things in there like culture uh, or community uh, that, you know, I-, I think we work together uh, to protect one another. And I think, you know, the, the, the idea of making security a habit leverages the, all of the research that it's that been done around, uh, you know, building habits by psychologists so that we can make security easy by, by following that, that habit loop that's already in our heads. Um, and, and just to, to make all of those things that we know we, we already should be doing, we just make them that much easier for us to actually implement. Um, should we um, just adapt an attitude of, of embracing the learning curve, or are these things uh, things that are fairly simple? To do, yeah, I, I, I think you know we well on on, on the one hand, I, I think to be successful um, in our modern culture requires uh, embracing lifelong learning. Um, so I, I don't know that there's any getting around that. But uh, having said that, you know, I, I think there are simple things that we can do. I, you know, I, I mentioned uh, in the earlier part of the interview, um, I, I've de- developed a cybersecurity personality test, and and really what the test does is it focuses. Uh, on your two strengths, right? So, so there, there are the first four habits really focus on on internal uh, cybersecurity habits. Um, so, those are things you you all do inside of you. So, skepticism or vigilance or secrecy, um, th- those come naturally, right? I, I think even kids understand the concept of how to keep a secret. 
um, you know, from a very early age. Yeah, but um, then, but but then they blast things all over uh, social media that you know, forty or fifty years ago, when I was a kid, would have been something you just didn't share. Yeah, and and I think I, I think it's that that that, uh, that that transition from from being able to keep secrets in the real world uh, to keeping them with technology, right? Because we can't see them. I think we, we, you know, it's hard to make that translation in our heads. Um, so, you know, focusing on what your what your biggest strength is um, when it comes to internal habits, and then focusing on your biggest strength when it comes to external habits, will, will help you focus on, on on the habits that you can build most easily, um, and and help you make that that transition to the technology world where uh, maybe my data is invisible. Uh, but I'm thinking about it in, in, a, in a more specific way and, and helping learn those lessons that much faster. But I wonder if we if we shouldn't be, um, I don't know, sort of reacquainting new generations with the idea of privacy. You know, I, and I, I think, you know, it, it seems to me, you know, the, the, the kids growing up these days, you know, we're, we're calling them uh, digital natives. Uh, because you know they're 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 you know they're from the time they're one year old maybe they're 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 able to use a smartphone to watch uh, YouTube videos um, and and I think you know the the, the struggle you know, is is really making sure they understand uh, you know what the, what the norms are and I think that starts with 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 our parents um, and and you know it's a struggle for us to to to, to know what privacy means in in the internet and I think we have to uh, to 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 be the example for for our kids. Um, the, what, what I actually recommend to, to parents is, you know, start a conversation with your kids by showing them your Facebook page and what you are able to share and, and, and what you choose to not share. Um, and, you know, maybe your kids might find something um, that you, you didn't intentionally uh, choose to share, uh, or maybe, you know, you're, you're not on social media altogether. And I think that will start a conversation to help the child understand uh, and uh, you know what your values are, and and help them decide what their own values are, right? Yeah, George. I used to joke that uh, you know this goes back to the MySpace days that I I actually started my first MySpace page to spy on my kids. <laughs> um, and 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 I joke about that, but but do we need to develop some some campaigns or some education around good share, bad share? I, I think we do, yeah. And, and you know, having, uh, you know, gosh, we, we produce a, a security newsletter here at SMU. Um, and, you know, we, we have a, a it, we, we call it Miss Security, but it, it, it's kind of patterned after, um, you know, the uh, Miss Manners kind of deal. Um, and, and I think, you know, understanding, uh, you know, th- th- those norms uh, and, and, you know, uh, kind of helping people talk about them, uh, ab- absolutely, that, that's something we've got to be able to do. Uh, and, and, you know, think about, you know, really carefully about what's right. You know, is, is it okay to take a picture of your kids and share it on social media? Um, well, I mean, sure, but what if there's another parent's kid in there, and is it okay to, sh- to, to share a photo of their kid? And I think thinking about those kinds of concrete things, like, oh, well, I, I wouldn't have thought about that. Maybe the other parent isn't comfortable with, with having their, their kids' pictures out there. Um, you know, that, that's something we, we, we ought to be thinking about, you know, very deliberately. Well, George, I can't believe how fast the time is going. My guest is George Finney. He's Chief Information Security Officer 
at uh, Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas. He is the founder of Well Aware Security, and his new book is called Well Aware, Master the Nine Cybersecurity Habits to Protect Your Future. Um, George, I appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts um, with me and the listeners this morning, but also uh, in the book as well. And I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about um, or more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website, George? I, I do. You, you can go to wellawaresecurity.com. Um, and uh, I've got lots of free resources there for, for folks to, uh, to, to kind of help learn and grow and keep, uh, uh, keep helping their, uh, their families or their communities be more secure. Well, George, thanks again, and, and uh, by all means, keep up the good work. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. Take care. Again, that was George Finney. Uh, the name of the book is uh, Well Aware, Master the Nine Se- uh, Cyber Security Habits to Protect Your Future. And we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead.
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque riverway. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. 
The Tom Sumner Program.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. There are many shows on the air which are basically interview shows, and they start out in a very austere setting. Uh, there's the interviewer, he sits behind a desk, and in the background somewhere, some figure in the news sits. He's later in the show blinded by a spotlight. <laughs> I'd like to present one of these shows. They start off very dramatically, something like this. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Wallace, Nightline. Our guest in the studio tonight is Dr. Warner von Warner, one of the many German missile scientists involved in our American missile program. Dr. von Warner, I suppose the question most often asked you, you were involved in the German missile program, you're now involved in our missile program. Was the fact that you were involved in the German missile program a matter of political conviction, or was this political expediency on your part. <laughs> oh boy, that one, huh? <laughs> Actually, I didn't, I didn't have that much to do with it, to tell you the truth. Um, <coughs> this is back around 1940. I was working at a beer garden in Stuttgart. <laughs> And like on Friday night, you know, the waitresses and the waiters, we'd go to one of the girls' pads, you know, and uh, <laughs> order some pizzas and some schnapps and get half-gassed, you know. <laughs> and I used to fool around with these inventions, you know, and I'd take this tin can and put a firecrack underneath it, and I like the firecrack, and the thing go four or five feet up in the air, you know. And everybody'd say, what the hell was that? Or what a nut that Warner is. Somebody want to get Warner's hat. You know, something like that. Except there's one party. The little guy walks over, he's got a little mustache. And a... <laughs> piece of hair falling on his eyes. He says, hey, that, uh, that was interesting what you did with a, with a tin can there. But, uh, but uh, what causes that? Eh? I said, well, see, that's, um, for every action, there's a reaction, you see. And the, the force of the firecracker is it's, see, it's, first of all, it starts toward the floor. But the top of your can, see, it's... <laughs> Every time I do it, it jumps forward. <laughs> he says, what, uh, what do you call that thing there? I said, that's, uh, that's a Arcot. <laughs> it's named after my landlord, Irving Arcot. <laughs> see, I was, I was about three months behind in an inch, you know, and comes a knock at the door, and he says, look, Warner, you know, you got to knock off with the firecrackers in the middle of the night. You know, because the neighbors are complaining. And don't hand me the Madame Curie bit, you know what I mean? <laughs> what her landlord wanted to do about her rent, that's his business. I want my rent, see? I said, look, I'm working on an invention. If it works out, I'll name it after you. He says, you're going to call it an Irving? <laughs> so no, I'm going to call it a rocket. So anyway, the guy at the party, little mustache, piece of hair falling in his eyes. He says, that would make a terrific weapon, you know that? 
<laughs> I said, well, you'd have to get out on top of the guy. <laughs> you know. And, you know, you'd have to hit him in the face or something like that. With, with a tin can, to really hurt him. I think your big problem is going to be getting that close to the guy, you know. He says, no, no, what if, what if we took a hundred firecrackers and a great big tin can, see? I said, well, we saw of that, but your problem there is, see, by the time you light the fuse on the last firecracker, He said, look, the, the, reason, the reason I'm asking you all this, I'm headed to German people. I said, oh. <laughs> I said, so, you know, congratulations. I, you know. <laughs> I hadn't seen a paper in a couple of days, so I took a verse. <laughs> he says, would you like to be involved in our MISA program? I said, well, you know, I got a pretty good thing going at the, at the beer garden. He says, look. He says, it's a civil service job. Three fifty a month. When you're 55, you go down to Baden Baden and forget the whole scene. So anyway, all they want me to do, I sign these requisitions. Liquid oxygen, I don't know what it is. I'm signing Warner von Warner. And every month, three fifty, there it is, like clockwork. Anyway, make a long story short, we lose the war. <laughs> and the Americans come to me, you know, and I've been getting offers from the Russians and all that, and they say, look, Warner, you know, we've seen your name on some of the requisitions, and uh, how'd you like to be involved in the American missile program, you know? I said, look, actually, I didn't have that much to do with it, you see. I mean, I was at this party in Stuttgart, see? <laughs> They said, ne never mind, never mind, we need a name. No, we so anyway, I, I, I took the job, and uh, there it is, four fifty a month. When I'm 55, I go down to Fort Lauderdale, and <laughs> it's a pretty good deal. Well, uh, Dr. Von Warner, our time is running out on us. Uh, we have now put a man in space. The Russians, some two or three weeks before that, had put a man in space. Was this the eventual plan of the German missile program to put a man in space? Oh, we, we put a man in space. Oh, sure, back in uh, 1940. I put my brother-in-law, Herman, I put him on. <laughs> well, now, that's amazing because, of course, the, the big problem we found uh, putting a man in space was the problem of reentry. And uh, apparently, in 1940, you had already solved that problem. Well, what problem is this you're talking about? <laughs> Well, Dr. Von Warner, we want to thank you very much for stopping by and wish you continued success. Well, thank you very much. Now, are you going to give me the money or are you send a check to me? This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Here. 